everybody. It's time to LOL. Listen out loud, that is. It's time for Anime Jam Session with DJ Rama S, Ari Rockefeller, Mako-chan, and Sailor Blair. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Anime Jam Session, episode number 112. We are that podcast that talks about anime, cons, conventions, the fandom, geek stuff, and everything in between. I'm DJ Ronma S. I'm Ari Rockefeller. And I'm Mako-chan. And despite the fact that we started a little bit late, we can thank the Metro um, the MTA for that. We are here for a brand new episode this week. Yay. Hooray! Despite the fact that I'm, I'm, I'm literally power walking from, from the train to my house... Setting up a pattern where I just come in, throw the wings in the microwave, change clothes, turn the TV on, turn around, take my sneakers off, come to the computer, set up the playlist, turn right back around, grab the wings out of the microwave, go sit down, put the food down, come back around, and finish setting up the damn playlist. And as a reminder, I forgot to turn that shit off. Very nice. Oh, yeah, because you live in, as you like to call it, a shoebox. Yes, I'm thinking about opening up a, um, a, t- a Twitter feed calling it Shoebox Chronicles. Please do. I'll definitely follow that. Oh, jeez. Most likely I won't because it's just me. I mean, the shenanigans I'm going to talk about here is going to be on my main Twitter feed anyway. Maybe you can have your uh, shoebox of apartment like gain sentience and... Uh, complain when you have visitors open like me or Mako. No, that'll just be me and pure, me general. You're gonna bitch when I cook for you? I bitch regardless. I know. I know. You do. And then you go off and tell other people that I am a great cook. Well, you are. Well, yeah. That's besides Thank you. <laughs> See, sometimes being told that is very nice. Okay, and just, you get complimented for what you do. That's uh, I've never had that happen to me before. I know, really. I've gotten what's called forced compliments. It's where people's teeth are gritted, but their and their lips are moving. Uh no, no. Um, you see, when you are in a management managerial position, like supervisor and all points higher, working at Staples or Best Buy, you have to um, give compliments to your staffers. You have to. Tell them they're doing a good job on this and a good job on that. I'll say this much. Half the time, they weren't forced compliments. So, But there were times where you had to compliment someone who was clearly fucking up? Uh, yeah. Yeah, this redneck dude that worked in my department. Last I recall, he works at a Staples in Kentucky. Lexington, I believe. No, 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 no. That's selected areas of Virginia, West Virginia, and Tennessee. Hey, the college that I went, this town where I went to college and just pet, just put up a post saying they're going to not have discrimination based on gender identification. Or, a, like, if you're gay or something like that, you, you can't discriminate against them. Okay, but I just said certain parts of West Virginia. Hmm. The parts where cousins marry each other. What about the, what about um, Roosevelt? Mm. And also, I have yet to finish watching NCIS. The DVR is paused at the last five minutes. Oh. Not a word out of you, or else I will find my way down and I will choke you. 
Don't. Just don't. I won't. I'll be good. Good, good, because during the next break, I'll be finishing up the last five minutes, and probably when I come back, you'll hear me ranting and raving like a madman or something like that. Probably. The way you're giving off? Yeah. Yeah, it was just, it was, wow. It was a very holy shit moment. And before before we get before we continue, I'm just letting the chatters know this is not going to become NCIS jam session. No. Yes, it will. No, well, it just happens to be coincidental that we do the show live right after NCIS. Which is why it's at nine thirty and not nine. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, okay. Uh, we are live tonight for the week of May 7th, 2013. Check out our interactive chat room at vognetwork.com slash live. Or if you have a chat client such as Merck, XChat, or Chatzilla, it's irc.gamesearch.net, and the chat room is Vogue. And check-ins are open, and check-ins means you check into the podcast or the show, and you get points for it. Sort of like our variant of an EP and something more or less, but it's still just as cool and uber effective. And I did I just hear a dong in the background? Dong. I have no idea what that was. Yeah, it's probably one of um, it's probably one of the uh, chat programming in the background. Mute and mute and mute. There we go. And mute. Actually, I don't even have to mute the system sounds because it doesn't even do anything. And we got a Rageinator in the chat room. Goes, damn it, make it NCIS jam. No. We're not yes. Gonna, we're not going to do that. We're not I don't really Abby watch NCIS that much, so I'd kind of be lost here. Huh. All Abby all the time. No, 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 no. Abby and McGee? Hell no. Why not? Because I said so. Why? Uh, because it's cute when they get jealous. <laughs> that, but you know that hasn't been coming around. Like, hey, watch, watch it. Watch. I see what you did there. What? I did nothing. Oh, you lie like a rug. I did nothing. Uh, Ari, how was your week and how was your day? Oh boy, it wasn't all that good around the weekend. Do tell. Um. Well. This, you know, on Saturday night, I ended up seeing Iron Man 3 with a friend, and another one of his other friends tagged along, and we were walking around for about five minutes before I... for a, Not even five minutes when I got demoted to a third-wheel status. It was the first time I ever felt like I was what I went to the movies by myself. I feel like that almost every time I go out and hang out with other people. It's why <clears throat> I walk around with my headphones on. I'll be at And uh, also... It was my parents' uh, anniversary. They've been married 45 years. And uh, there was a big party for them, which, which uh, you know, a couple weeks before, my sister had asked me to, uh, to help pitch in to pay for it. The only problem is her idea of asking was to call me repeatedly, belittle me over the phone, and tell me the part. She goes, I've been searching your email address online, and, and like, tell me all this, like, weird shit about, like, threatening to tell my parents about things I quote-unquote do online, and I'm, like, thinking, 
Wait, go back to the part where you just admitted to stalking me online. See, that's where I would put my... That's where I would probably... Well, I have this skill known as um, intimidation. And I get it from my mother. If someone ever puts me in that position, I just know how to intimidate the person to the point where they won't bother me. Not for a day, week, maybe for about a year or so. Yeah, well, my sister is also the person who has repeatedly told a bold-faced lie to my mother, and my mother, being the complete imbecile she is, took it at face value. Uh. Like, when I'm not sure if I told you or not, but apparently I had sent a very lewd and derogatory email to a my to her husband's sister over Match.com. The only problem is I am not actually on Match.com. Ah, oh, Match.com. Where that was the sledgehammer to the kneecap of her argument, and again, folks took it at face value. Ah, uh, Match.com. The one site you go to the, where you pay to get laid. Mm-hmm. I don't really feel any kind of connection to my fa- immediate family. I'm like... With the exception of a you know a couple offshoot like relatives or cousins, and it's shit like this that's that's the reason for it. Mm-hmm. So I was sitting, sitting at the uh, dinner party again, like feeling like I was there all by myself. See. And anyone who and any other family member who attempted to talk to me was pretty much putting out one of those generic, you know, standard issue, hey, I'm actually acknowledging you're here kind of questions, and it's, you know, talking over me and shit like that. I have issues, if you can't tell. When it comes to family, we all have issues. Mm-hmm. So, Michael John, how was your week and how was your day? Um... Let's see, my week, uh, this weekend I spent getting stuff up into the attic and out of the garage, and then I spent a lot of time reading fanfic. Smutty whore. Actually, nothing is smutty. Shocking. I started reading, uh, I started watching a bunch of uh, comic movies like X-Men and Wolverine and Iron Man, so I just got into the urge to read um, Iron Man slash fanfic. Fiction. No, not Sorry, Iron I'm working Man on slash. has a new chapter up. Did you say nude chapter? <laughs> new, N-E-W. I was going to say, I am done. So done. Here, I'll put a link in the chat for you. No, I was, um, I was actually reading a bunch of Iron Man, Harry Potter crossovers, and some of them are actually well done, um, mainly where Harry actually becomes the son of um, Tony. Uh, yeah, Tony. So it's actually really interesting. For a second, he, for a second there, I thought you said Tony Hawk, and I'm like, great, just what we need: Harry Potter with his with his cape and his wand on on a skateboard going up in the air, and then and then six months later, Activision gets the rights and put it out for the Xbox 360 and PS3. No. Also, if you have any respect for the Iron Man mythos, you're gonna hate what they do to to the Mandarin in Iron Man 3. 
you have to understand when they do the movie variants, it's its own little universe. And also, yeah, the movie verse is, I mean, it's taken after the comic verse, but it really has nothing to do with it. I mean, if you were really big into X-Men, like, I, I really like X-Men. So watching the movies, I'm like, that's not how it happened. That's not what they do. That's not what happens. It's. You mean the Wolverine show? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, coming soon. Um, Harry Potter's Trick Magical Skateboarding. <laughs> yeah, dumbass. But no, the last couple of days I've actually been spent reading um, X-Men fanfic. Like, I'm totally a uh, Rogue and Remy fangirl. But in Movieverse, I kind of like Rogue and Wolverine. So I've been reading both of those pairings back and forth. Ah. And I just finished Jello. Wonderful. I just finished a lot of Jello. Was there alcohol in this Jello? Of course there was. The Drunken Chronicles. I'm not drunk though. I'm I have just to get up for work in the morning. I can't drink really. I could drink, but that means I won't get up till after twelve o'clock. Is that unusual for you? Well, given that um, my semester starts back up in two days, yes, it is. Oh, ouch. Yeah. And we're going to go to the chat room real quick. As Tiger Claw mentioned that Warner Brothers secures the rights to Dungeons & Dragons. Last I knew, they already had it unless New Line Cinema was not part of Warner Brothers. Because they did the last D&D movie, and New Line is part of... I thought they ended up getting absorbed... By, by a Warner studio or some shit like that, but whatevs. As long as we don't have um, Marlon Wayans in there running around as a jester, we'll be good. But um, as for my week and my day, I, I spent six hours at campus yesterday. Ouch. Three of those hours was me trying to deal with the CFO, explaining my, my situation. I got my refund check, or my excess check, but they couldn't give me back the um, the retention grant I had right then and there. But he made me a deal. If I get a B average for the semester, $500 uh, um, academic grant. Done. That's not bad. Especially since you won't have math this semester. Oh, and, uh, There's more than that. I also have a $700 um, retention grant as well. Hmm. But here's the catch. What? I have no book money. Ouch. Can you get them online? Yeah, some, most, most of the tech classes, I can just download the PDFs and throw it on my tablet. Now, um, one of the books, you know how some schools have like books specific for that class? It's only printed by the, by the school itself. Mm-hmm. I have I've, I've never had that before. Lucky you. But um, I actually have one of those classes. But luckily, Ouch. it seems that all the classes have there's an online library where I can pull access to it. So maybe I can find a program where I can pull the HTML files and convert it to a PDF. And be like done. Um, I think I might have something for you. Well, you know where to send it. I don't know if it does that, but I'll check. We'll figure it out. And 
just been continuing to unpack my shoebox, and you can now see more of my floor. Yay. That's good. And another interesting story. I'm going to wait till we come back from break. Um, something, something interesting in the world of cosplay and drama. Nothing big, but the funny end results of it. Mm. Oh, because I... The end results of drama. Now, but it didn't end up in drama per se. It, it was the comment that she made that made me laugh out loud. So, because it's kind of, it's kind of sort of true if you think about it, especially if it's all three of us. Oh, I could use the laugh, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I know. But at least, hey, laughter soothes the soul. It's an old-time rock and roll. Oh, I can't drink, so that'll have to do. (laughs) Okay, let's start off on our break. We will be back.
If you enjoy independent podcasts and would like to support them, check out some of our independent podcasting friends. Check out Orange Lounge Radio at orangeloungeradio.com where they discuss video games, gamer culture, and gamer lifestyle with Sky, Dark Soccer, and Loki. Listen live Sundays at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on vognetwork.com. And right before them is the Bobby Blackwolf Show at 8 p.m. Eastern and 5 p.m. Pacific. Video games and gamer talk at bobbyblackwolf.com. If Warcraft is your taste, listen to Horde House with Sky and Exifer weekly at whorehouse.com. If you want more of a female perspective of what we do here on Anime Jam Session, listen to Electric Sisterhood with Ninja Sister and Pandalicious at electricsisterhood.com with new shows every week. If you prefer geek, pop culture, and sci-fi, check out popculture.net and the Geek Culture Network. And also check out the Brooklyn Otaku, a brand new anime podcast, Friends of Ours. You can find them at facebook.com slash Otaku. Okay, now, anywho, now, my, my sort of, my kind of sort of funny story from earlier. This happened, um, I'd say, this was yesterday. So, my brother, <coughs> uh, Dimitrex, makes this post about, about, about drama in the cosplay community. And if you're, between any three of us, we see shit like this on our walls at least once every hour, give or take. But this one, this post was slightly different because it was very generic. He didn't mention who or what. But then it came down to Homestuck. Which has become the new bane of everybody's existence. It, you know, it's the new furries, per se. You know? So, and I had said something along those lines of, you know, how it's th- this is where the problem is coming from and this is how, you know, I'm not surprised. So another person I used to uh, cosplay with said that I shouldn't single them out because there are other fandoms that are just as bad. Now, and I can understand. I remember how bad the Naruto fandom got. I remember how bad the Bleach fandom got. I remember how bad the Vocaloid and the Hetalia fandoms got. But you compare all of that to the Homestuck fandom, it's like triple the amount, quadruple. And I've always said, yeah, in those fandoms, yeah, we got we got those crazy people in the fandom, but they're more controlled per se. You tell them not to do something or this or that, they will they will they will take care of it. Whereas from what I've noticed with the um, Homestuck fandoms, you tell them not to do something, they're going to do the total and complete opposite, and they act like they're in their own little world and doesn't care about anybody else. And she was saying how I shouldn't, you know, say this that because I don't know. And I'm like, of course I know. I've been doing this for like what, fifteen plus years. I, I know what I'm seeing. I know what I'm talking about. And I'm like, I understand where everybody's coming from. If what I'm, if what I am saying calls me the crotchety old man in the cosplay community, fine, so be it. In the end, somebody had to fucking say it. And then she goes. And I'm like, she says something about the podcast. And she goes, old man podcast. I'm like, yeah, pretty much. Get up my damn lawn, you kids. Exactly. So that, that was that was my, my, my little funny, amusing anecdote. You know, it's, it is what it is. Yeah, why is it that Homestuck 
fandom is so obnoxious and out there than compared to other ones you mentioned. Maybe because they don't get as much. I think they're more okay. The other fandoms got kind of sort of mainstream at, at those times because it was easy accessible to it is because it's anime. Whereas this is the first time that I remember knowing that a um a um a webcomic that's exploded like this that's gotten out like that. It's like with the other series, you you saw it happening. You saw it, you know, coming around. You, this was going to happen. Whereas with Homestuck fandom, it's like you flip a switch. You're like, what are all these horns doing in this convention hall? You think they all hiss and run out of the fridge Actually, at the first sign of light? No, they just stand in. They try to embrace you like Jehovah's Witnesses. Yes. That's actually a pretty good comparison. Thank you. Would you like to know about Homestuck? Would you like... Uh, no, thank you. Ask me if you want to buy some drugs, because each conversation becomes excessively awkward to the other. <sighs> no, just no. And I'm just going to leave it at that, because i got to choose my words when it comes to Homestuck fandom, because I have friends that are in the Homestuck fandom, so I just can't really... Um... Yeah, but they're not assholes. True, true. But it, it's more... There's a difference between being a fan and being an asshole that happens to be a fan. Yeah, but it seems more like if you... If you I see what other fandoms, like, if you say, like, Naruto fandom, if you say that person's a fucking Narutard, the whole fandom's like, yeah, we know, we got this. In the Homestuck fandom, that person's a total douchebag. Hey, who the hell do you think you are calling that person a douchebag? It's, that's why I see the differences. With the other fandoms, they, they start... At first, they will defend that person, and then they're like, oh, I see. They'll start taking care of their own. Whereas with the Homestuck fandom, it's like... They will defend their own, no matter how wrong they are, no matter what. It's like... Well, the Homestuck fandom is... is New age part... Pretty young, too. Yeah, it's like the new age entitlements, you know? Well, no, but I mean, the Homestuck fandom, if you look at the fan base that goes to conventions, they're all pretty damn young. And I'm not talking, like, just younger than us. I'm saying most of them are teenagers that are barely of age if they are of age. That's the big difference. That's why the Twilight fandom, for the most part, is such a pain in the ass. That's why Believers are such a pain in the ass. is because they're all immature little pricks. True. And then you got that one 5% that's, that's the youngest one. Like, hey, we're not all like that. And it's like, before we can acknowledge them, the others are like, shut up, you know? We got this. Yeah, because I know plenty of Homestuck fans that don't act like that and if they know that you're not into it they don't like bombard you with oh you should watch it you should read it you should do this you should do that they're saying oh okay well then i won't bring it up anymore and those are the ones that are our age right you know you know i'll admit in the beginning i was really adamant against a part of me still is but i'll admit i want to like Accept it. I want to accept it. I want to respect it. I really do. I know I have friends 
who cosplay into it, and I say nothing because that's not me, you know. I want and I respect that, and I it's like I try to understand and respect, but then you got that one person that fucks it up for everybody else. Yeah, but I mean, again, that's as you said before, that's what the problem was with furries. Yeah, is some of them weren't into that whole crazy thing that happened and yiffing and all of that crap. It was the ones that were basically using it as a sexual outlet and just going there for sexual release that was the problem. And it's the same with any convention, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many of the fans that are really into going to conventions just to hang out they end up they they end up in the same category as creepers. Believe you me, I speak from experience yet that I know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you get some people that you can't even talk to them because everybody is a creeper to them. Mhm. So no matter what you say, no matter what you do, they're going to say, "Well, get the fuck away from me, you creeper." And meanwhile, all you're doing all you're trying to do is say hi, hello and have a conversation. Exactly. But you know what? It, it kind of goes on the lines of it's the energy or the aura that you're letting off. And, and I'll admit it. I know sometimes I can come off being a creeper. I know. I admit that. Sometimes I don't even realize it, which is why nine times out of ten, you see me at a con, I'm usually with the same people. I'm not really going out on my own. If I am, I'm just taking pictures, handing out cards, saying very little, and moving on. Because... I don't know how I'm going to... Re- I mean, I know what I'm going to say, but maybe sometimes my body language is a little bit too forward, this or that, you know? And with yeah. some people, if you don't tell them anything, they're not going to know. So, uh, anywho... And Tiger Claw says you could say the same about Brony since there's a part of the fandom who like it for the wrong reasons. And I completely agree yeah. with that. Yeah, those and those Which were... is why I refuse to be called a Brony. Which is why they came up with the term cloppers. Because that's the that's that extreme shit, you know. No, cloppers are for the extreme sexual shit. Well, there are some fans, there are some regular fans that are just out there and extreme. Which is a reason why I don't want to be labeled as a brony because I don't want that label on me. How about Pegasister? No. <laughs> okay. No, but it, it's just like the Harry Potter fandom. Mm-hmm. And you get into some of the pairings that are in the Harry Potter fandom, and they're really like they're really really bitchy, and they like to attack fandom like the the couplings that aren't their own. They even so went after Rawling herself because of it. Yeah. Well, a lot of them do. Well, yeah, I mean, not for nothing. I mean, a, when Inuyasha ended, some of the fandom went after Rumiko Takahashi. Because mm-hmm. Ranma one half never got an ending. Yes, the manga ended, but it never got a complete ending. Everyone expected in the end, Ranma and Akane were going to get married. It never happened. The wedding exploded and they ran off saying, here we go. It's like, this is how it ends. You can can start a brand new story like right there. And that left you to fan fiction to figure out how it ended. Whereas Inuyasha got an ending. And she said the reason why it got an ending is because Ranma one half did not. 
I'm sorry. I call that a cop-out. I actually like the ending of Rama, though. I like how it ended. Because throughout the whole series, nothing was finalized. But, I mean, the fact that Ranma actually admitted to the fact that he loved Akane only because he realized she was, like, dying or dead. And for the record, yes, these are spoilers, but the manga's been over for about 15-plus years. Get over yourself. But still, you, you would think at that point, you know, Ranma was ready to man up. He more or less wasn't, and he and they told him, "Look, you marry my daughter, you get you get to be cured." You know, yeah. I don't know. I think it leaves. Well, it does leave a lot open for fan fiction. I think because I mean, look at other manga, look at other anime, and how open ended the endings are. And true, true. everybody bitches about them, but everybody accepts them, too. Yeah, true that, true that. I mean, how many anime do you sit there and go, that's the end? What the fuck? I usually do that to anime that has, like, one or two episodes, and that's just that's just it, you know? And then you find out later it ended like that because maybe, maybe three of those titles, the studio ran out of money, you know? Uh-huh. Kind of understandable, though. But, yeah. All right, We've let's... gotten way off the beaten path of what you were talking about in the first place. Yeah, it all came from, from my little funny anecdote, which led into this, you know. But, anywho, let, let's get into um, our first title. And I, I will take this story because I, I am a fan of this series. And let's queue up the... As am I. Let's just queue up I'm the mad towards it so you two can have fun. I kind of like the Japanese theme a lot better. Yeah, but we'll get into that later. What you're hearing in the background is the opening theme to a series called Monster Rancher. This came out during the time of the pet anime series, which was Pokemon and Digimon and Dragon Drive. This series was, was backed by Tecmo. Disco Tech Media has announced that they have licensed the entire 73 episode run of the classic monster taming anime, Monster Rancher. They have confirmed that they plan to release the series across three English dub box set collections starting in December of this year. They also plan on releasing the original Japanese series in a 73 episode box set sometime in 2014. Monster Rancher, based upon video game series, tells the story of a young boy named Genki who is transported into his Monster Rancher video game to a world where monsters rule. Along with his friends such as Holly, Mochi, Tiger, Golem, and Hare, Genki must revive the Phoenix in order to defeat the evil overlord monster simply known as Moo. A part of the series had previously been released by ADB Films on VHS and DVD, which left the series incomplete in home video format. That, of course, makes Discotech upcoming release the first time the series will be released in its entirety. The series is available for viewing on Hulu if you can't wait for the DVD releases. Now, I remember getting up early morning, Saturday morning on Fox, watching these episodes, and I think they were still fighting Moo, but the final four bosses are known as the Big Bat Four. Mm-hmm. Now, this is... Now, in Japan, the series is not called Monster Rancher. 
It's called Monster Farm, and this is the theme for that for that show. Hmm, nice bass. If you listen, the music is like, I guess the tone of the music is different from what it is. It's a lot more peaceful yeah. and serene. Yeah. The funny thing is, I didn't even know the Japanese series had a different name. A friend of mine that I go I go to cons with, who is also a big fan, she told me the series is called Monster Farm. And I don't even speak Japanese, but I can tell the Japanese version, the lyrics are not expository through the entire plot of the show. Yeah. And what no, Monster Rancher was one of the first ones that really not that they like screwed up the opening but just changed it so drastically. Well, given, you know, probably the connotations in the original Japanese series, it's kind of understandable. Um now you ever played the video game Monster Rancher? Nope. Sorry. I never played it, but I've seen reviews of it and how it goes. If I remember correctly, you put the game in your PS1. You let it boot up, and it goes to the whole tutorials. And it, and then you have to generate your own monster. You eject the game, you grab a CD, put the CD in, and it would generate a monster based off whatever CD it was. And you would train and raise it and battle with it. It's like another way of doing... You remember Barcode Battlers? Mm-hmm. I, I remember of them, but I yeah, was, never had one myself. Yeah, it was like that. And I remember reading an article where there was some brand of food that had a, a specific UPC label. And you scanned it. Your monster... Your, your, your stats would be off the charts. And it was, that product was sold out for weeks upon weeks upon weeks upon weeks. And, you know... So, yeah. Yeah, I think I may have, like, heard the mm-hmm. theme or, like, watched, like, a couple minutes of an episode and, and didn't really click with me, so. Yeah, but the, what made this kind of different was more like Monster Rancher was, it, it had that Pokemon Digimon feel, but it ended. I mean, I don't remember how it ended, but the, the series actually ended. It was think three or four seasons I mean Pokemon is still going Digimon keeps re- self rebooting into a newer series so on and so forth Tecmo is like fuck it we're done we're out so it does have that going for it I suppose yeah. um, concrete ending true and Hockey Comet asks and what Barco Ballad could you get from a can of Chef Ravi- Boyardee Ravioli Damn, I know, but if I had a barcode battler, I will probably check it out. The one thing I don't like what they're doing, same thing with Samurai Pizza Cats, they're releasing two versions of it. The dub DVDs and the subtitled DVDs. We're getting back into VHS Wars again. The point of a DVD was to have both together. 
But yeah, there's no reason why you can't just put actually wait both. Actually, I think I can edit. They're probably going to release the English version just by itself with all the edits, then uncut Japanese because because chances are they probably would not be able to do an English language track to it because it wouldn't match up. Plus, it would be a lot cheaper to produce. True. But it centers on Hulu. I may watch. Keyword being may. All right, Mako Chan, you want to take the next story here? No. Why not? Because that's the one that Ari sent in. What? He'll, am I looking at this schedule right? Ah, oh, right, 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 right. Okay. Okay. I, I overstepped the tab. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Ari... plus, you get. I don't think I'm the only one of the three who likes Fire Emblem consistently, so. It's all yours, that? Marth. Not my favorite hero, but whatever. Um, okay, Roy. Yes. Yeah, Huh? Okay, Roy. Hector, but okay. Okay, all right. There's only two that I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Nintendo censors Fire Emblem DLC for North America. Another week means another round of Fire Emblem Awakening DLC. It, Awakening is for the uh, Nintendo 3DS for the uninitiated. But it's not all the same with this round, titled Scramble Patch, which are three bonus maps based on different festivals for different part of the year. One for spring, one for summer, and one for fall. Tharja, one of the four characters of special beach picture in the Summer Scramble DLC, has her bikini bottom covered up by a curtain. Why a curtain would be on a beach is anyone's guess, but you can take a look and judge for yourself, and I will put a link to the article in in the chat, but, uh... Hang on, let me bring it up. It's not the big... It's not the biggest shocker. It's a... Tharsha is not the only lady hitting the DLC in fashion. Cordelia, whose character plays a similar arc in, to the much more famous daughter of King Lear, is not censored and is shown screwing with her top with a rather uncomfortable look on her face. But, uh, anyway, I played through it as soon as I downloaded it. But, uh, yeah. in all honesty, like, the way Tharsha's backside is blurred by the curtain of the, uh, because it's a little separate changing tent and the, uh, woman, like, is. You can see the woman throwing the curtain open and, like, barging in uninvited. Right, right. Honestly, doesn't it look like it can be implied at less of She's wearing a much smaller bikini bottom than in the original version, the unedited one? Because they only see the suit itself covered. Yeah, I mean, I can understand why the edits, because, you know, you don't want to, you know, start shit or all these questions per se. It kind of reminds me of when I played Dragon Power for NES back in the day, and then I found out later that it was um, Bandai's attempt at bringing over Dragon Ball. And, and, and I'm like, and I see uh, Roshi and Bulma, who was called Nora in the in the English game, trading Dragon Balls for sandwiches. And I'm like, okay. Come to find out, he was trading the Dragon Balls for her panties. Huh. A, t- a simple triangle and a light shade of blue. I guess it was a new type of sandwich. How was I supposed to know? And keep in mind, this is a T-rated game, not M or adult-only T. So, firstly, as someone who's, you know, like me, I also see this, but the author says, as someone who sees video games as a form of freedom of expression and hold them to a certain artistic merit, 
Now, of course, Nintendo has a long history of censoring out content for games both made and put on their systems. However, all, almost all those revolve religious taboos, nudity, sexual orientation, blood, profanity, or violent imagery like rape and murder. But there's a little bit of hypocrisy in here. Not because one character is dressed up like anyone on the beach, like in Florida, hitting up the beach this time of year. It's not some video games version of Victoria's Secret. It's fan service. And that shameless service at that, or at least it would be if Nintendo didn't cover up the image in the first place. So clearly there's some sort of issue that Nintendo has up their asses about Tharja. Can't imagine why. Uh, for the Again, for the uninitiated, Tharja is the uh, sorceress class, which is the magicians with high physical defense who get to use dark magic. And she's just... It, in, in gameplay, it's model. It's just the female sorceress model with her head on it. That's mm-hmm. that's how they do it, and they just use that her current outfit as the uh, generic style for it. Secondly, as you guys can already, can probably know or have already guessed, I'm a huge Fire Emblem fan and quite enjoyed Awakening. But as mature as its narrative is, the series has gotten a lot darker for this. Okay, let me fill you on some of the pleasant subjects Fire Emblem has used. There has been ethnic superiority, racism, rape. Torture, blood rituals, bigotry, adultery, and I believe it was genealogy to holy war. No, not or incest. And it, Nintendo has a problem with showing Beach wearing a character that originally looked like she was wearing a transparent curtain. Well, to as to what Hockey Common says, message to Nintendo: bleep you, you bleeping bleep. I mean, I'm looking at the screenshots and I don't understand the edits per se. Just think. It's like this. The majority of these people buying these games are young adults. So I guess Nintendo wants to cover their ass and not assume shit. Because you got to understand what's normal for a Japanese teenager on a regular basis may not be normal for an American teenager on a regular basis. To be honest with you, the the, uh, Tharja statuette in that article, if I could find it at a convention, I'd buy it. I tell you this, let's say Fire Emblem was put out by Microsoft or Sony. Let's say it was put out by Sony on the Vita. You damn well know there would not have been no edits because of the, the demographic of people buying the Vita systems. We would have gotten a lot, lot worse. That is, Sony really doesn't give a shit. You also gotta understand, Nintendo's like the mom system, you know, mothers know best. Mm-hmm. Not mine. Or mine on certain occasions. I can't say anything about that she's home isn't she well yeah she's home but she's sleeping but i still i mean no you figure look look at the shit that my mom has made me watch or has let me watch i was thinking more along the lines if you say something wrong her ear will flick and she would just wake up just throw something at you and go back to sleep no okay no but my mother wouldn't have given a crap what i was playing Mm mm-hmm I mean, you figure she sat, she sat me down when I was five and basically let me watch porn. I know. You said Caligula. Mm-hmm. Uncut. <laughs> Speaking of porn, there's a, lot more, there's a lot more risque fan art of not just Fire Emblem characters, but any video game character out there. L- let's not talk about f- uh, risque fan art, please. That's kind of not. I will just say this, though. Nintendo would flip their shit when I found out that most of the people searching for Pokemon... Related stuff was all porn. Yeah, Pokemon porn searches out 
numbered legitimate Pokemon searches. It's a good thing I already ate. Throw up in your mouth a little? Yeah. I figured as much. But, yeah. This is pretty much just fucking stupid, I think. Okay. Mako-chan, next article of all you. I figured. Mm-hmm. Let's get your music ready. <laughs> Here we go. It's all you, Sister Soldier. <laughs> Bondi showcases first of new Sailor Moon figure line. Things may be disappointing on the anime side of Sailor Moon these days. Between the delay in the new series and the unavailable nature of the original for North America fans, uh, but Bandai Japan has unveiled a new promo that will delight. The company is kicking off another part of the 20th anniversary celebration through their SH Fan Arts line, where we'll be getting new figures for the property. The first promo video that hits is for our lead character, which brings an original voice actress, Kotono... Mitsushi. Kotono Mitsushi. That. (laughs) Sorry. It's okay. Uh, To do the voiceover for it. And really does have some fun with it since they note that it's been some time since they were last seen. The figure is due out in August with a price of 4,410 yen. I'm going to post the video that has everything in it. It's also been previously confirmed that the figure will see a North American release, priced at $42.99, which will hit in either August or September. Shut up and take my money. Yeah, I wish I had the money for it. Intense action scenes highlight Sailor Moon's image as a beautiful soldier. Part of the hair has been rendered with clear parts for enhanced realism. A full array of interchangeable faces and hands in the set help reproduce dynamic anime scenes. Also, two types of moon sticks, with and without the silver crystal, and effect parts for moon tiara action will expand, expand the playability of the SH figure art Sailor Moon. Uh, next time, we'll also be able to include uh, introduce not only serious facial expressions, but also comical expressions of Sailor Moon. Three interchangeable face parts, three left hand parts, five right hand parts, two moon sticks, a moon tiara, effect part, and Luna. That's what's included in this. And of course, as soon as I start playing the American music, Mooney Girl shows up in the chat room. So how long before someone get like, gets one of those dolls and makes their own little, uh, you know, stop motion pictures of like clips of them beating up other other uh, fig action figures and stuff? Not long. If you mm. look at the actual video that's included in this. Um, they actually do stop motion for one of her attacks. Ah, uh, now you got me thinking of um, Woody from Toy Story. Thank you. Look at the link I just dropped in the chat. So many people doing shit, weird shit like this. Well, it also kind of reminds me of that YouTube. Um, oh, YouTube I'm a Marvel and I'm talking a PC. No, the YouTube show that I was talking about last week or two weeks ago. Two weeks oh. ago. 
that things were live, like it was live action and animated and motion stop. But yeah, so hopefully in a few months we'll actually have uh, we'll actually have more of this coming out as well. Because it did say that this is the first of the new dolls. Which is good, because whenever SH figure arts come out, everybody starts importing the shit out of it. Which mm-hmm. means retail, it'll come out in Japan for like 30 bucks after import fees, 35 to $40. And what happens is some of those figure arts come over, but they're heavily modified. Mm-hmm. Most likely with... Mostly like this, like the Power Rangers or Super Sentai figurines. This is the first time it's going to come over as is, and you can see Bandai up the price a little bit because you know people are going to buy it. Well, yeah, but also look at exactly what you're getting. Mm-hmm. Most of those figures, they might have like one or two interchangeable hands and maybe one or two interchangeable faces. This has got three different faces. Uh, three different extras for her uh, interchangeable wands and attacks, three left hands, five right hands, and Luna. So, I mean, that's a lot of extras to be bringing into it, too. Point taken. Lots of interchangeable parts that could easily go missing or get sucked up by the vacuum. I do know when I do buy this, it's staying in the box. Most likely... In the box. Yeah, it's staying in the box. Most likely in a, in a large Ziploc bag. Well, it depends for me on what other of the dolls come over. Because if they have a Jupiter, I'm going to get two of them. Of course you are. Because I've gotten two of every Jupiter thing that I've ever bought. Just so that I had one in the box and one that I could play with. Well, when when they release the Sailor Venus doll, I will be I will only be buying one, and I'll be staying in the Ziploc bag. Some more. Will re- they go in the order they were introduced in the show? That would make the most amount of sense. Because you'll see Moon, and then Mercury, and then Mars, and then Jupiter and Venus. Well, that's also if they actually do all of them. Because the thing is, we only know about the one Sailor Moon figure that was at the Toy Fair back in January, February. Mm-hmm. I just want to see a picture of someone making Sailor Moon do a facepalm. I was stuck on that thought for a little while as soon as I saw, heard about the interchangeable hand parts. Well, that's provided if there is an, an actual figurines for it. It's not like it's a BJD doll. No, I'm just saying. Oh. All right, uh, Mako. Uh, let's see. Let's see what's next. Let's let me let me pull this up here because I don't think it pulled up everything in the proper order. Actually, yes, it did. Did it? Yes, I was looking at the wrong thing. You want to take the next article since I know you're also a fan of this as well. Sure, why not? All right. Cue the music. Rise, but that's okay. 
didn't have I didn't have time to go looking for it. I just this was on the hard drive. <sighs> Bondi Visual has listed that the Blu-ray release of the first Ghost in the Shell Arise movie will include English subtitles. Ghost in the Shell Arise, which is a reimagining of Masamune Shiro's original series, will be re- be released in four parts. Pricing for the home video release is at 7,140 yen, which is about $73. Part one will premiere in Japanese theaters on June 22nd and be released on Blu-ray on July 26th. Are they fucking ser- Oh, wait, never mind. They are serious. I forgot. We actually covered this. Yeah. All of their videos and stuff like that are more expensive than their dolls and shit. Which means if manga entertainment gets their hands on it, most likely they'll come out here for 30 bucks. Hopefully, but considering that there is going to be an English subtitle release, that shit's going to be imported and you're going to be able to find it at conventions and it's probably going to be like 90 bucks a Blu-ray. That reminds me, I actually have the first volume of Ghost in the Shell uh, TV series. I actually have to put that on. I, I'm actually going to most likely sell that back to Amazon or actually list it for sale because I had the box set. So mm. put it up for like, what, 15 bucks and see what happens. You probably get it for 15. Yeah. And I have a I happen to have a bubble sleeve right here. By the way, your Professor Layton is, is still waiting to be sold. Of course it is. I'm. If it's not changing about a week or so, I'm going to drop the price by five bucks and see what happens. Sounds good. Yeah. Any money coming back to me is good. (laughs) Okay, who's next? I'll take the next one. Have at it. Thank you. Now, this one's about Princess Mononoke. Princess Mononoke stage production surprises people online in Japan. Last summer, the above teaser image was posted online. It was announced that class, the anime Princess Mononoke was coming to the London stage. Pictures of said collaboration have surfaced online in Japan where some seem totally shocked by the final production. Ghibli allowed London's Whole Hawk Theater to bring its anime to the stage, thus this is an official production of sorts. That could explain the knee-jerk reaction. Now, I'm looking at the screenshots. Okay. Alright. Online in Japan, people seem utterly gobsmacked by the photos of the play. What is this? A school play? Wrote one individual on 2chan, Japan's largest internet forum. What is this? An international school play? And retorted another. Others were not happy with the cast saying the the product got it all wrong and wondering why it was filled with foreigners. In the play's defense, this is a British production. Now, as first mentioned last year, the product's puppets were largely made from discarded wool and plastic bottles, which underscores Princess Mononoke ecological themes. But this also might give the whole production somewhat a ramshackle look to those expecting something more polished. While the reaction online in Japan wasn't so great, Manichi is reporting that the production received a standing ovation during its opening night in London. Often theater productions don't photograph well. There is a live performance art that should be experienced in person, and hopefully these online critics will, so that they can better judge for themselves. The production is now playing in Tokyo till May 6th. Now, I'll tell you this. If this was going to be a Broadway production, trust me, there would have been, the production and the scenery value would have been a lot higher. 
because it I is think Broadway. The scenery, yeah, but I mean, I think if you look at the scenery, the scenery is actually really nice. Look at the last picture. I am. I am. That's very, very detailed. And the costumes are actually pretty detailed as well. I can understand the whole ecological themes, but hey, if you're on a budget, this is what you can work with. If you want to do it like that, you have to increase the budget. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm really hoping that they actually bring it over here, because that's one of my favorite movies. And the person playing San kind of looks like her anime counterpart, which is okay in my book. I can, I can, see the, I can somewhat see the resemblance. And you also got to take notice, Ghibli films don't really take place in Tokyo, Japan, per se. It's these different islands or countries or this or that. So, you know, it's up to you to interpret how they should look. Sort of like Avatar, the last the Avatar movie, per se, you know. I'm not trying to give it a pass, but, you know, I'm just trying to make my point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, if you look at how they did the larger animals, that's how, I mean, it looks like it's based off of um, the Lion King and how they did the larger animal figures in that, where you can still see the actor, but you can tell what animal they're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. It's not some guy that's costume that looks vaguely kind of sort of like the animal he's trying to be. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. So, I mean, I, I gotta say that it's, looking at the pictures, it's not bad. No, I, I agree. It isn't bad either. But I just find it funny that the first thing that they say, the knee-jerk reaction, was that it's Princess Mononoke with a bunch of foreigners. Maybe because they don't get a, maybe because they don't get a lot of plays and mu- well there are musicals and plays in Japan but I don't think there's a lot of foreign plays and musicals that are are there. That's my guess. I don't know. I don't know. I just find it really funny that that was the main thing. <laughs> What can you do? What can you do? Absolutely nothing. Works for me. Now, this manga, I actually thought it was done. I actually thought it was over and done with. Excuse me, I didn't know. Evangelion manga to end in two more chapters. So it's two more chapters of Shinji suffering. How nice of you. The June issue of Katakawa Shoten's Young Ace magazine revealing that on Thursday that Yoshiyuki Sadamoto is ending his uh, Evangelion manga in two more chapters. And the science fiction series runs the remaining chapters without a break. It will end in June. Sadamoto launched the manga in the third issue published in Shonen Ace magazine back in 94 before it was on television. But it's been running off and on for about 18 years ever since. To celebrate the upcoming finale, Young Ace is running a Evangelion Comic Climax special program with talk sessions between the people involved and the other content in the remaining issues. Sadamoto had written in Young Ace in March that he is working hard until the very end of the manga this year. 
Glenat, the manga's French publisher, had reported last August that the manga's 14th book volume will be the final one. The 13th and most recent compiled volume of the manga shipped in Japan, the United States, and other countries worldwide last November. So, pretty much what Sadamoto's going to do is piss everybody off and kill everyone. Things Rocks we want to see happen in this. Everyone dies. That's Things it. Things we want to see happen in these last two chapters. I'll go first. I want to see Shinji punch the fuck out of Gendo. Father he was just one punch and just like sends him sprawling across the floor and he just looks at him with a what the fuck expression on his face. Now you got me just think- once. That's all I want. Now you got me thinking of Everclear's song, Father of Mine. <laughs> it kind of fits between the two of them. Yeah, you want to you read the update on that? Yeah. It seems that there's an update. The two remaining chapters include the chapter running in Thursday's issue, so the manga will end on June 4th if there are no more breaks. Ooh. Hockey Count brings up a good point. Possible cop-out ending impending again. Could be. Could be. But at the, the, first, the first series, it was because Anahidiaki went fucking nuts. Well, I don't know. I mean, this is one of the manga that I have not read, but I've seen the anime. So does anybody know how closely the anime and the manga actually are? But if I'm not mistaken, the person that's writing it net is doing it now is not um is that the original manga artist, I don't think. Cuz cuz Ari just mentioned another person's another person's name, so I don't know Hideaki was the original guy for it. Yeah, that's why I thought. The budget ran out, and then so did Hideaki's mental stability. Which is yes. why things got all really fucking weird at the end. Let's see. Um, let's look. I'm looking up here. Okay. A number of manga series based on the anime have been released, most notably the official series by character designer Yoshiyuki Sadamoto, which was first serialized in 95, February 95, eight months before the series' official premiere in order to promote interest just to end 18 years later. Three other manga have been created, Angelic Days by Fumiya Hayashi, um, Shinji Ikari Raising Proge- Project by Takahashi Osamu, and Gakuen Detenroku by Min Min. So... Who was the name? Who was the name that you mentioned? Was it Ano Hide, Hideaki? Ano, I, I I do not see his name here. Let me look it up. Did he do the anime? We're about to find out right now. Yes, he's a yes. He is a Japanese animator and film director. He's best known for his work on Evangelion. Yeah, so there's going crazy. Yes. There's a very good chance that the anime and the manga have nothing to do with one another. It probably starts off and then goes its own little track like um Full Metal Alchemist. Mm. So that that, that will probably uh exp- oh, they'll let you go. Know, so now we know. Oh Mako, you you've been reading a lot of fan fiction. Go read Shinji and Warhammer forty thousand. That doesn't sound good. It's an alternate Evangelion pick where, uh, before the events of the show, Shinji finds a a big case wash up on the beach where it has a whole collection of Warhammer 40,000 manuals and mini- miniatures, and 
Subsequently, his balls fucking drop. I think not. Mm. To go to the chat room um, at um, at gamesearch.net, uh, chat room is Vogue. Uh, Misty goes, Shinji punching Gendo, hilarious as fuck. I don't think it would be hilarious. I think everybody would have a collective shit-bricking because you would not expect Shinji to do that. As soon as it happens... That's what be a ratings gold mine. I'm telling Just you... Just the office. Hey, fuck wagon. <laughs> And right then and there, everybody on Facebook is like, did you just see what happened in Ava? Did you just read what happened? Did you just read what happened? Maybe you can stomp on his glasses on the way out. Mm. <laughs> I'm going to have to read the manga now to see how close it is. Fair enough. Now, our last title, our last one here. Can I take this one? We're all taking this. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, yeah. As you know, when a series is licensed in the U.S., at the time we think, "Oh, great, they're going to translate the songs." And no, they take to Americanizing the fuck out of it. Yeah, companies like Four Kids have have expected, have made us expect them to do that. I will say, out of out of all the animes that's been released here in the U.S. with American lyrics. I think there's only one series that stands out that was successful as fuck, and it's Pokemon. And you know how I say it's Pokemon? You go to any convention, and you start going, I wanna be the very best. Dun, dun, dun. And the Sheepamon just starts singing. Exactly. You don't hear no one doing it to other anime titles. You won't. It's Pokemon. It's like they got it that one time, and you will not get it again. So, let's start with number eight, and I'm going to get that playing in the background. God, this was one series I refused to get up early to watch. Number eight, Mew Mew Power, known as Tokyo Mew Mew. The four kids dub of Tokyo Mew Mew aired on Fox TV in 2005 in a heavily edited form. The series was four kids' first focusing primarily on a young female demographic and to make the series more palatable for American audiences, names, locations, and other details were changed, including the opening songs. Four Kids brought an anime dub song veteran, Bree Sharp, who previously worked on Magical Doremi and Pokemon Destiny Deoxys to sing the opening theme, Team Up. The song is pretty cheesy with phrases like, if we band together like birds of a feather, we'll be friends forever. Jesus Christ, it sounds like shit you... From Saved by the Bell. I remember one of the working titles was Hollywood Mew Mew. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was going to be called Hollywood Mew Mew. Yes, the fans flipped a shit, and they're like, "Okay, we won't, we won't." I actually know somebody who worked on this series, and here's a hint: he's this dude's always at Anime Next, and he hosts the hentai dubbing panel. Tom Whalen. He has my sympathies. Not mine, because he was probably making he was probably making bread with that. I mean, really. I'm gonna play that. Again. Please don't. Oh God. Who remembers the facts of life? I do now. Thanks for that. 
It reminds me of the facts of life. My God. Seriously, all these bad memories are dredging up are like zombies bursting out of the ground. And here I am without a shotgun. Well, where you live, you don't need a shotgun. You just need a shovel and just dig a, dig a few ditches and you're good. <laughs> okay, what... Ooh, number seven, Visions of Escaflone. Oh, God. Oh, God. <clears throat> the Visions of Escaflone manga anime was notoriously canceled after Saban butchered the series for the Fox Kids TV network. Oh, that's a good sign. Along with the travesty of replacing Yoko Kano's score with techno themes, someone had a heyday with Apple C Final Cut Pro, matching every overlay in the program on the opening footage. The only thing that keeps the song from being further down the list is that whoever worked in the theme at least had enough sense to keep a fantasy feel to it. At least on top of the bad techno beat. Good God. Dubbing over Yoko Kano's music, isn't that a sin? Yeah. Actually, it's a sin to dub over, to edit out any anime theme like that. Can't imagine how people would have reacted if, ta if Tank got uh, ousted from the soundtrack of Cowboy Bebop. Well, given the time slot it was on, it, that was, shit was not going to happen. Mm-hmm. But um, I remember walking around. I used to have like one of those little Walkmans that would tune in to TV stations. And, and I always had it on because those Saturdays I was always out going places. I made sure to listen to Esclafone. That's my only thing. That's the only reason why I remember the opening theme. Oh... <laughs> Oh, you have to grin and bear the next one, Mako-chan. It's all you. Our own high school host club. I thought the dubbed opening theme songs for series had died out completely until I came ac across Christy Saw's English version of Sakura Kiss for Arn High School Host Club. My opinion didn't change after listening to the track, which falls flat for a number of reasons. Half the time, you can't hear what Saw is saying. And when you can hear her, you can't understand her because of the song's pacing. She doesn't sound particularly energetic either way. Hold on for a sec. Do you hear anything? Kinda. Let me turn it up a little. Anything? Uh, maybe? Okay. In Funimation's defense... The reason why they, I know, I notice when I buy a lot of anime DVDs, when you pop it in, by default, Japanese language with subtitles from start to finish. Funimation stuff, English language, with, uh, so forth. It kind of seems like the older generation that wanted the Japanese with the fan subs and all of that, and the t subtitling and all of that. It's kind of gone the, the way of the Apple IIe. And we have the new younger generation, the Mac users who want this. And if you notice, the majority of voice actors and actresses are English language ones that are at conventions. So there you go. Not saying it's a bad thing, but that's, I can kind of see why. And I actually have one of Christine Saw's albums. She did, I think I, I, think I have it. It's called uh, Anime Tunes. It's like a remix of a lot of anime tunes. And... One guest we I had on the show I interviewed um, DJ Janai actually worked on that album. So, plus she is on my Facebook. Last I recall, I think she's working for a local news station out in California. And 
I wish I could defend um defend this song, but I, I really can't because um Christine Saw did a cover of a popular song for a very popular video game for the PlayStation Two. Let me see if I can find it. Well, yeah. the next one's on the list is yours when you get to it. Okay. All right. But I'm going to play this and yeah. Hopefully it's the right one. What can I do for you? Yeah. Oh. That's... Just listen. This is a different key than I remember. Just say when and I'll kill it. Please. Yeah, I I first heard that I went on a I went on a rampage. It was that bad. I actually, well, that in the game it's attached to Final Fantasy X Part Two is atrocious. You watch your whore mouth, sir. I liked X Two. So did I. But I'm just saying. It's as bad as Thirteen Two. I, I don't know. Thirteen Two is still sealed sitting on my shelf. And the fact that I got it for 15 bucks in the original packaging, that's a sweet fucking deal. But um, I actually got into um, a fight with a friend of mine about this because he was a big Christine Saw fan saying, oh, how can you say? I'm like, it was crap. It really was. Her cover was crap. I'm like, no. Now, here is the version that we got on the PS2 game itself. Yeah, this one's much better. Yeah. See, I'm not going crazy about this. And now, we'll switch over to the Japanese version. Now, seriously, between both ver- English versions, which one would you have actually preferred and tend to? The one with the higher key. Thank you. And according to Misty in the chat room, yep, and I can sing that one better. Sometimes you got it, sometimes you don't. Number five, Monster Rancher. We're not going to play it because we already went through that went through that already. Monster Rancher is the first show on the list that features an oddly placed rap song for the opening. I don't know what the group was paid to perform, but I'm assuming it wasn't very much considering how bored they sound throughout the entire sequence. The main catchphrase, Monster's Rule, is delivered with as much excitement as math homework followed by a boring backbeat and a weird choir chorus. I know this show is considered more adult the, the more adult brother showed a Pokemon, but Pokemon got an iconic theme. Monster Rancher got shafted. 
Okay. Who wants to take the next one? I'll do it. Go for it. <clears throat> Ronin Warriors, a.k.a. AKA Yororidan Samurai Troopers. Just get it out of the way. I don't know how Ronin Warriors is more appealing to American audience than Samurai Troopers. The opening, though, is hilariously bad. A super serious narrator introduces the characters and premise similar to other boys' cartoons like Voltron or Thundercats. In the background, the audience gets their chanting through Champion Ronin Warriors! Like it's another sing song narrating reminiscent of those, re those real men of genius Bud Light radio ads. And the way he says Warrior! You know, it's like friggin' Ultimate Warriors saying it, you know? <laughs> they, ah, yeah. You're the power of the Warrior! No, no. <laughs> now, the opening theme. No, Ron. Ultimate Warriors theme is not running through my head. Thank you very much. You are welcome. I somehow managed to get that, uh, scronk at a reasonable level. Mm-hmm. I still can't believe you actually legally re changed his name to Ultimate Warrior. Yeah, I think Mako's gonna punch us both if we go on a wrestling tangent, so, uh... Yes. Well, if she does, I have a chair to... I'm gonna give her a concerto. Well, who's gonna sit here the chair? Me? Sure. Okay. Okay. Mako could take the next Gorilla one. Gorilla Press Slammerai? Oh, God, Bog 670. I'm gonna, I'm gonna punch this monitor in, like, two seconds. <laughs> Shit. Will you stop? Okay, all right, all right. Number three, number three. Number three. three. <laughs> one Piece, four kids opening. This is the opening theme that left many fans bitter, along with the other liberties four kids took with adapting One Piece for Fox and then later Toonami in 2004. The song actually has a lot of energy. Don't give it up, Nami. Although out of context, it sounds like a, so a strong abstinence message. <laughs> <laughs> The original jazzy pop song, We Are, by Hiroshi Kitadani, got a much better dub treatment by Vic Mignogna when Funimation took over the series. I can't say his name without laughing, sorry. Let's see which version this is. There's two versions of the rap. There's several versions of it yeah. which get updated as more main okay. characters are introduced. Okay, mm -hmm. alright, that I didn't know. Like the last one, finally, that brings in uh, uh, Chopper and uh, Santi. Yeah. Mm. Sorry, hearing that song made my brain lock up. <laughs> Just so you know, a lot of the edits that was done to the American version was not of four kids. That came from Shuisha, the parent company. Not everybody knows that. The things you learn in Kyle TV. Mm. It's kind of sad when Vic Mignona turns into better performance than you. Well, now, well, let's see. I heard him sing that, sing that song after sucking in helium, and it was actually really funny. <laughs> well. Attained this and everything else the world had to offer, and his dying words drove countless souls to the seas. You want my treasure? You can have it. I left everything I got. Now this is the Vic Mignogna version. Now you just have to find it. 
men to the Grand Line in pursuit of dreams greater than they'd ever dared to imagine. This is the time known as the Great Pirate Era. Come aboard and bring along all your I must be thinking of a different version. That's not bad. This is not bad. That's not bad. I I, I ain't gonna lie. I do remember his cover. Um, he did a cut. He actually took um, background music from Full Metal Alchemist and actually did lyrics to it. Um, the song was called Brother, and there was another one as well. And to refer back to the chat room, um, we have a newcomer in the chat who goes in reference to um, Ronin Warriors, Gorilla Press Slamurai. <laughs> <laughs> and also we have I thought the English version of both FX Final Fantasy X two songs were way better Jade had way more life in her singing alright well yeah I, I just felt that Christine Saw's version just felt a little surreal flat yeah to each his own though let's see uh, number two we were actually talking about this before <laughs> And I even played the song. One, my, I know my, I know right now my friend Cockcaptor J is like, I feel a disturbance in the force. The only cosplayer I know that has at least, or at least had about 15 different of Sakura's outfits uh, created. Cardcaptor, known as Cardcaptor Sakura, everything about Cardcaptor's opening is wrong. The first original theme song by Gumi is very poppy. The tone of the dub is more ominous, with a weird elemental chant punctuated by Expect the Unexpected Now. The company was probably shooting for a very easy merchandising slogan that never took off. I remember buying a cloud book with all the cards in it at Blockbuster, rest in peace, of all places, but did not launch off the same way as Pokemon or Yu-Gi-Oh! I actually have a set of those cloud cards on my desk, actually on my de- on my table somewhere, which is pretty cool. And I have I, a set of the cloud cards as well. I also find it interesting that Nelvania was the one that worked on this. Um, and those are the people that are behind um, Care Bears. And Ari, what is this link that you have for us? You were talking about the One Piece themes, and that brought up the one that uh, I remembered Vic Mignona did, singing. Did I play that one already? or No, you didn't. Oh, you did another song. Okay. Yeah. All right. Now, number one, Magic Knight Ray Earth. Okay. Sandy Fox cannot sing. Now, before I get into this, my old roommate, fanboy, worked for Media Blasters. She, Sandy Fox also sang Freckles from Kenshin. He, had, he spent many an hour and days and possibly weeks teaching her how to sing this song. You can see, if you look at his face, underneath his eyes, you can see the scars from that. Poor bastard. The big black bags that sink all the way down to his mouth. Let's just say it would get... It looked like Gara from Naruto. Gara, Gosan Kugi, yeah. Yeah, oh god. No... No, no, I'm not even going to play it. I'm not even going to play it. You have to play it. You played all the others. Fuck. 
I give them props for actually translating this song. And I'm sorry, Hikaru looks like a pissed off female Ranma. I agree with that. This did not stop Media Blaster from using it for all of their covers in the English dub of Ray Earth. Unyielding Wish is one of the most grating things I've ever had the unfortunate task of listening to, and a cover of Still Embracing Light and Dark isn't any better. Both songs sound like they were performed by one of the original My Little Pony characters. That might actually make either one better. Someone make a video of that. No. The little image on the uh, entry it makes it look kind of looks like the characters were phoning in their appearance on it too. Like, oh god, if I just take the picture and get it over with. I've never watched the dub of it. I've heard really bad things about the dub. Um, fanboy told me that. Instead of them calling themselves like Hikaru-chan, Fu-chan, Umi-chan, they called themselves it was Umi-ster, Fu-ster, and Hikaru-ster. That makes no sense. It's no different from, um, from what's his name, from Fushigiyui going, you know? Or... Oh, can't determine which one's more annoying. Or Naruto, well, Naruto going, well, believe, well, I... No, uh, I I will I re- I'm going to close that door. I refuse. Believe to- it. Shut up. <laughs> no, friggin' Chio Chan d- decided to go with the putting Miss in front of everyone, like Miss Sakaki. You know. Well, I can kind of understand that. You know. Yeah, because she does she does the honorific for everybody. It's Sakaki-san. She's very she's very well spoken. She's very polite. Yeah, she is very very over polite. So I can understand her going with the miss in front of all the names. Okay, now there, there's a few that they forgot to cover. Now we all know this song right here. If it plays, Sorry, drawing a blank. What, what song is this again? Opening the Dragon Ball GT. Oh, the actual Japanese opening. I was thinking of something much, much more horrible. What? The uh, rap theme song for the uh, dub. Well, now that you mention it. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Well, I am doing comparisons here of songs that kind of, you know, when this came out, a bunch of us had a field day with this. I'm hoping this is the right one. Yeah. Yeah. If Akira, if Akira Toriyama was dead, he'd be spinning in his grave. Uh, me and my friend Sin, we were listening. He's, we, th- there is a chat that we had in, in the chat room back in the day. Um, we went on a field day about this. It, it's like four kids or whoever who had the rights to GT was trying to market the series towards the inner youth. If you listen to the song, it kind of makes sense. (sighs) 
Yeah. If I were to say that, compare the opening theme, the first theme to Pokemon to, in, the, in the English and Japanese, would I, would I be just being redundant at this point? Say what now? If we were to compare the English theme of the Pokemon and the Japanese theme, would I just being redundant? Mm, kind of, sort of. Yeah, I figured as much. Because that, like I said, that went over pretty well. Yeah, it's the same with Sailor Moon. Well, that, yeah, that too. The English one, it went over well, but there's just too much of a difference for me anyway. Yeah, but the thing is that at least in the English dub, they actually used Moon, the Moonlight Densense background music to kind of play, to go along with it, you know? Yeah. Use the melody. Yeah. And look at um, Samurai Pizza Cats, that too, you know? Mm-hmm. Is there any... Uh, well, there's also a magical Doremi, but, you know... Yeah. Shall we just throw this one in the can and start wrapping it up? Yeah, you made my ears bleed. Yeah. Okay, fine. Fine, fine, fine. We'll be back.
Okay, now before we go into the ending sequence, some of you may not know, I have this thing for collecting or downloading anime themes in different languages outside of English and Japanese. I have various themes to Ranma, Tenchi, Sailor Moon in different languages. So in the chat, we continue to talk about different um, themes, bad opening themes, like Yu-Gi-Oh!, I don't think you can count Yu-Gi-Oh! as a bad opening theme because it was just a cluster F. Digimon, I actually liked. Now, Mega Man NT Warrior Access, I didn't even know Access got dubbed. Now, this is the opening theme for Access in the Japanese version called Fusatu no Mirai, Two Futures. Sounds good. Yeah. Finding these soundtracks are kind of hard. Are kind of hard. You know, I've been searching for EXE soundtracks for years. There we go. See, that's pretty cool. And even the chip tune version of it is pretty cool. Now let's look at this version here. All right. Yeah, no. It at the beginning it sounded like prototypical dubstep. Yeah, that I, I'm sorry, I don't think you can really call it an opening theme if you're playing like generic music and words are, are all over the place, like who you are and what you have to do. Oh, we yeah. If if you're basically saying stuff, that's not really opening theme song. It's just random words and phrases like snipped in and pasted it all around. Yeah, There's no uh, actual lyrics. And oddly enough, I happened to put this on the pre-show, and I totally forgot that we were talking about dub anime titles. Like, we all know this one. This is the opening theme to Shaman King. It's called Oversoul. Now, that got the four kids treatment. Yeah... And to think Konami actually had an interest in that. I have the video game. I'm sorry. Like I said... I haven't played it. I just have it. Like I said, to think Konami had an interest in that series. Nope. Yeah, all that dub damage just really threw me off. Lovely. You're welcome. Ugh. Your brain's been fucked up by it, too. My brain was fucked up before I even jumped onto the show tonight. Where have you been? Mm-hmm. No, mine's been sufficiently fucked up, too. 
Uh, all the feels, bro. All the feels. So, if you like what you heard, tell a friend. They in turn will tell another friend, and so on and so forth. Because we do this for free. Comfort of our own homes. Because the fact of the matter is, we love what we do. And we going to let other people know. That's how we roll. Now, we happen to get sponsorship. Now, that's a different story. But we are independent podcasters. So, we're not getting paid to tell you what not to like and what and so forth. So check out our website at AnimeJamSession.com. We, there was some site issues with the podcast that has been fixed. So now when you see the podcast is available, if you click on the, if you click on the title, you can download the episode. Or if you're already subscribed, it'll pop up in your um, feeder Friday or Saturday, depending on how things work out in the new studio. But if you want to check out the podcast and you can't get access to our website because of a filter or a firewall, you can find us on podcast.net, podcast.com, Podcast Alley, Yahoo Podcast, iTunes, and I can't say Xbox Music because we're still not listed with them yet, so I don't know what the hell's going on. But if you do listen to us on iTunes and you give us a five-star review, we'll gladly read it right on the air. And check out our YouTube page, youtube.com slash Anime Jam Session TV, where I have all of AAC and other Anime Cons 2012 videos up for your viewing pleasure. And if you watch the Leech Street Boys uh, concert video, you'll watch um, a cosplayer propose to his girlfriend. And interesting, Ooh, inter- cool. Interesting enough, they cosplay Jiraiya and Tsunade. <laughs> and so he didn't get punched into the next state? Correct. And if you go to our fa- Facebook page and look at the photos, there's pictures of me dressed as Gardabelt marrying them off. <laughs> I couldn't resist. It was too good. <laughs> and, and check out our personal YouTube pages. You can find me at Dijeronma S. You can find Ari at Ari22682 and Mako-chan at Jupe Luna. Follow us if you want to see some of the videos that we like or if we ever, or me when I get around uploading some videos and crazy shit like that kind of got an itching to do an AMV, but just don't know what yet. That father of mine to uh, to uh, Evangelion is a viable option. I was going to do that to Ava, Ranma, and Sailor Moon. Oh, even better. Because it kind of fits. Uh, check us out on Twitter. Twitter.com slash Anime Jam Session. If you want to know when article, you want to check out our articles or when our photos are going up, videos, anything else like, even what conventions we're hitting up and where to find us if you want to stalk us, twitter.com slash anime jam sessions. Now, if you want to follow us individually, you can find me at DJ Ranma S, Ari's at The Ari Man, and Mako Chan's at Joe Vedea. So if you want to see how chaotic and crazy we are outside of the, uh, the podcast, by all means, join, follow us. But. You have been warned. And our Facebook fan page. Facebook.com slash Anime Jam Session. And if I'm not mistaken, we are up, we're like over 2,400 people, fans, likes, and survey says 2,411. And as the Facebook page says, we are New York City's Tri-State Area's premier anime and cosplay page about podcasts, anime, Video games, cons, conventions, pop culture, and a whole lot more. I have to reword that, but you kind of get the gist of what we do. And thank you for the likes. Because seriously, as long as you keep throwing us the likes, we'll continue to work and bring you more photos, videos, con reviews, individual reviews and reports, and so forth. Because that's how we roll. 
And if you want to follow me on Facebook, you can find me at facebook.com slash DJ And if you want to follow Mako-chan, you can find her at facebook.com slash Makoto Mako-chan Kino. And I forgot to mention at the top of the show, we are on the VOG Network live Thursdays at 9.30 p.m. Eastern. Encore presentation Thursdays at 1.30 p.m. Eastern. But there's more to the VOG Network than just us. If you're into science fiction, you want to check out um, Pod Culture, Monday nights at 9. You also want to check out Critical Myth, 7 p.m. Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, and British Invaders at 8 p.m. on Mondays. Critical Myth and British Invaders, they do more than sci-fi. They do movie reviews, book reviews, TV show reviews, all that type of cool stuff. If you're really into World of Warcraft, check out WoW Wednesdays with Girls Gone WoW at 12 and Horde House, which is now live 10 p.m. on Wednesday nights. So two WoW shows, one WoW Wednesday, two for the price of one. If you want to really get into uh, science fiction, pop culture, TV, for more of a, when I was your age, check out Under Sedation Live, Saturdays at 10 p.m. with Travis and Jessica. (laughs) That's a good thing Travis is not listening. You know, he'd have my head for that. Mm-hmm. But he's not listening. <laughs> but che- also, don't forget to check out our flagship shows, the Bobby Blackwell Show, Sundays at 8, and Orange Lounge Radio, Sundays at 9. The These are the shows that we follow. These are our flagship shows. And OLR is the big brother to our Kid Sister podcast, because if it wasn't for OLR, there wouldn't be an anime jam session, and I'd probably be sitting in front of my 360 right now playing Metal Gear um, Rising, um, the, the new one. That's like the male Bayonetta. Or they call it Manoyetta. Uh, well, it's true! Uh, it's true! Great, you broke Mako. Achieve and unlock. Uh, <laughs> Bad Ranma. Bad Ranma. Not this time, pal. Bad Ranma. No. All right. Yes. Don't make me hurt you. As if you don't already. I'll even hurt you even harder. <laughs> okay. All right, so last words. Ari. I promise I'll have better news about my life next week. Is that a promise or is that a threat? Uh, just kidding. hopeful promise. Just teasing, just teasing. Mako-chan, last words. Um, I think I'm gonna go back and read more fan fiction. You mean more smutty fan fiction? It's not smutty. Read mine. I've only had one chapter of smut so far, but I'm going. I'm in the midst of a pretty big battle, so there's that. Hmm. My final words. Final semester starts in two days. Easier said than done. Still, final semester. Yay! Damn right. So, I'm Ranma. I'm Ari. And I'm Mako-chan. Thanks for listening. Thank you for supporting. We'll be back same time next week, 9.30. Sounds like a plan, everyone? Yep. Yeah, I guess. Works for me. So, I'm out of here. Later. We out this bitch. See ya. Say goodnight, Mako. Goodnight, Mako. Works every time.
This podcast has been a production of Anime Jam Session AJS Productions. There were no fanboys or fangirls hurt, maimed, or killed during this episode. This time, the views and opinions on this show do not reflect the entire staff or network as a whole. But we're still right, damn it. And if you would like a transcript of today's podcast, start typing. Visit us at AnimeJamSession.com and VOGNetwork.com for more information about the show. See you next time. Oh, yeah, one more thing I forgot to mention. It seems that at the end of the podcast, I got to put a track on to kind of kickstart everybody back to the normal stream. So I'm putting on um, Mario Bueno's... I can't decide either Chiptune Champion or Regular Ways Adventure Days. I think I'll do Regular Ways Adventure Days. Mario Bueno is a local cosplayer from New York City who relocated to California. He just put out a new album called Arise. Between you and me, I don't listen to albums all that often. I listened to this. I've listened to this album at least four times in the last 10 days. It's really good. Check them out at MarioBueno.com. Buy the album. It's, it's, it's golden. That's all I got to say. All right. And you can pick up the album at MarioBueno.Bandcamp.com. Again, it's MarioBueno.Bandcamp.com. Tell them Ron sent you. All right. I'm out for real. Later. <laughs>